welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. The Dodgers, after a full season, went 106 and 56, winning the NL West by 21 games after going eight and one in the week and a half since you and I have recorded. Eric Steven, how are you doing? Very good. Uh, yeah, it, it's weird. We, we our last episode we recorded a few days early, and I will say this: it was great having last Monday off, but I was also like. Uh, I was like, wait, I feel like I should be doing yep. something. And then, like, it was such an odd week. Like, uh, very weird. As of, like, 20-ish minutes ago, we found out for sure the Dodgers will be playing the Washington Nationals. I almost called them the Expos, uh, but <laughs> I won't, even though my favorite logo in sports. So we're going to preview that series as best as we can. We just found out, so our opposition research is a little low. Talk about the last week and a half and kind of look at the playoffs ahead. All that after this. So I know our listeners are eager to for us to talk playoff baseball. You and I are eager to talk about it, but we do need to kind of go over the week ahead, or excuse me, the week before, week and a half before. We let we recorded right before the Rockies series, uh, right before I flew out. I was present for three of these games, including two victories, Eric. And I would say two historic moments. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I know yeah. one, which is okay. at some point, uh, on air, I believe, because my mom brought this up. I was at a game. I was at the game with my mother. Went upstairs to get a beer with a friend. You were going to come out to visit me, and as you at like you were walking up, and uh, Hyunjin Ryu hit a home run. And so I, I did not see it live. Uh, you, it was on the reserve section, and the way the seats are there is the all the concessions are behind the seats. So. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, out, unless there's a TV, you really can't, or you're, you're happen to be walking past a tunnel, you can't really see the field. So I'm sort of walking behind there, and the crowd, I know Ryu's batting. It's a scoreless game at this point, and like, I hear the crowd cheering, like, oh, look, oh he must have got a hit. Then it just started getting really loud, and then it got like euphorically loud, like literally within, I'm like 10 feet from you at this yeah. point. And I was like, did he just homer? No, you and said then what I, happened. I, <laughs> and I oh, okay, yeah. missed it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I looked over and I saw that there's like a, a few TVs around the concessions area. And Ryu's like rounding the bases. It was <laughs> unreal. The call, well, there's Joe oh. Davis's call where he just, he's like, his voice like cracked. And he goes, it happened. <laughs> like, I think he said it twice. And then the Korean call was fantastic. They're going crazy. Um, we had a good time. Uh, the yeah. best so part that of was... the Joe Davis call is you can hear the high fiving if you listen closely enough huh. uh, after the call uh, of everyone in the booth clapping. But it was especially sweet as I was mentioning because I got back to my seat. My mother mentioned, "Didn't Eric pr- like predict this wouldn't happen?" And you thought it would. Uh, we didn't have time to find where we said that. I have an idea, so I'm going to be looking it up probably in the off season just to show you how how much of a fool you were, Eric. Oh, there's no question. Uh, and like I was saying, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know in my heart, I know I was very dismissive. Like, of course he's not going to home run. <laughs> he's a terrible hitter. Like, there's no way. There's just no way. Like, I was thinking you're an idiot for asking, probably. And then, <laughs> so I am the fool in this case. But that was a fun uh, little moment. I appreciate uh, you tweeting out that uh, two pitcher home runs this year. Uh, and yeah. I was present for both. So. 
Yeah, Walker Bueller in St. Louis in April, and then uh, Ryu on that Sunday. The other historic moment I was going to mention is you you saw Rich Hill hitting a double. Yeah, I'm not sure because uh, he he rakes, man. That's, I, that's just I, par well, for the course. Except for the fact that like he's going, his knee is held together like I by, do like, love a, how like uh, duct tape and gum. Right, Dave now. Roberts interviewed after mentioned that he was not supposed to swing at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he's he wasn't allowed to swing, and he still swung and just absolutely crushed the ball into the corner, which was hilarious. Um, like you can see, Dodgers went. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say they they showed they panned over to Dave Roberts in the dugout after that double, and he has this like big smirk on his face, like <laughs> you've got to be kidding me, right? Like it was really good. Uh, since we recorded, Dodgers went eight and one. I was at the loss, so I still I feel. Huh. A little Classic. vindicated that the curse lasted as long as it did, but finally broke. Uh, one uh, saw win both the the game that Ryu homered in against the Rockies, and then uh, one of the games in San Diego, the Rich Hill game. So uh, some interesting, like it's interesting. The Dodgers historically, like we've always had to beat the drum of how you do in September doesn't actually matter. Momentum is dumb, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But you know, it's not bad to have. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. To, to end as strongly as the Dodgers did. Right. Like, it, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, winning is never bad, but it's not like it's still they have to do something in October for yep. it to, like, matter. But it's just funny, like, given all the sort of the hand-wringing, the players' weekend was, like, the last weekend of August. There were still a few days left in the month after that series. But the feeling after that series was like, oh, man, you know, just from a – maybe not the team. I don't think the team felt this way, but it just felt like, and that was a, a relatively big series, not not meaningful in like a standings type of a way, but like it felt like, man, the Yankees really sort of handled the Dodgers pretty easily that weekend. And then they came back and they're like 18 and the Dodgers were 18 and six in September. Um, and they ended up passing the Yankees again. They, both the Astros and Yankees had passed the Dodgers in record. So the last few weeks they were sort of going uh, neck and neck to trying to figure out home field advantage in the last week, the Dodgers clinched home field in the national league. So they have a uh, home field if they're still alive through the NLCS. And then if they get to the world series, the Dodgers have home field against everybody, but the Astros. So the twins won a hundred games. Uh, the Yankees won, I think what did they win? One Oh four, one Oh five. I think they won one Oh five. So it was like, they won one Oh five Dodgers, one Oh six and the Astros one Oh seven crazy win totals this year, but that's sort of where we're at. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, in the the Ryu home run game, uh, Cody Bellinger also hit a grand slam. I was and... about to say, we screwed up. We <laughs> The final time we have to do this, and we missed the Cody Bellinger pace well, update. So we well, need the to... thing is, it's not a pace anymore. That's why <laughs> we're, oh, our yeah, yeah, we equilibrium we is thrown off. We it's a Cody Bellinger summary update. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, so... Uh, he ended the year with 47 home runs, uh, third all-time in Dodger history, Sean Green, 49, Beltre, 48, and Bellinger, 47. He scored 121 runs, uh, which is the fourth time a L.A. Dodger has scored 120. Um, and so he ended up leading the league with 351 uh, total bases. Um, he led the league uh, in Fangraph's uh, war. Um he was at 9.0. Uh, the Fangraphs version, he was at 7.8, uh, which also led the league tied with Christian Yelich. So it's one of those things we talk about, like both there's different defenses used. It's not meant to be an exact number. Like 
you can't say if like for instance um um you know if it was like 7.8 to 7.7 or something you can't say one guy's definitively better than the other so uh impressive that yelich was able to do that despite missing the last three weeks he had a fantastic year and i think we talked about this probably would have won mvp going away not going away but you know would have been the favorite uh, had he stayed healthy um you know, so, but as I think Bellinger's going to win MVP, he's got a lot, he's got the, he had the sort of the narrative on his side in terms of able to finish the season, um, does all things well. Gelich, um was a fantastic base runner in his own right and sort of mitigated some of the defensive deficiencies he had compared to Bellinger and was also a better hitter. But uh, I think the playing time gap will end up helping uh, Bellinger, Bellinger had 80 more plate appearances than Yelich, so that's huge. Uh, even though Bel- Yelich's production on a per game basis was was better, so eh, it's going to be an interesting vote. But there's uh, plenty of time between now and then. Last week and a half, Dodgers largely tinkering, kind of figuring out what the playoffs roster are going to be. What what did we learn about this? I know some things we might wait until we talk about the, the, the playoffs ahead, but I think the the differences between when you and I talked that I, that I noticed, one, Rich Hill seems to be healthy enough. I think when you and I recorded, I was just I just assumed no way he makes this roster. Right. Uh, so you saw the second of his three starts and the first one after the Baltimore game where he left with a knee injury. Um, and there was, there's been concern about that knee. Like, is he going to be healthy enough? Like what's, what's he going to, you know, what can he do? And we saw like, so that first game back against Baltimore, if you remember, uh, he struck out the first two batters mm-hmm. and he, and the ball was just dancing, right? Like when, when Rich Hall has the curveball going, it looks pretty sweet, right? It's fun to watch. Like it's a, it's a fun pitch, but then like, that's when his knee gave out, like on the second strikeout. And then he went like walk. Uh, I forgot the order, but it was two walks and two hit by pitches, and he ended up giving up a run, and he had to leave. And then, so there was a lot of concern about what's he going to do with his knee. Um, so the last two starts, he he ended up he was feeling so healthy that he pitched an inning after each start in the bullpen, like it was a spring training game, uh, which was fun. So he the the start you saw two innings against San Diego, no hits, two walks, five strikeouts, and then against the Giants on the final game of the year, three innings, one hit, two walks, four strikeouts. So he ended up with five innings, nine strikeouts, four walks, and a single um, allowed. So, like, very sharp. Dave Roberts, uh, we had a meeting um, the Tuesday night when we are recording this. We recorded basically, like, I would say, what, a half less than a half hour or maybe a half hour after the wild card game ended, something like that. Um before. And while, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. So while the wild card game was going on, uh, the Dodgers held a workout at Dodger Stadium. And Ro- Dave Roberts spoke to the media. We didn't get to talk to the players much uh, at well, really at all. We, were, uh, we might tomorrow, but um, there weren't really like any much of like a roster re- um, revelation. We'll talk about this in a second. But Roberts wouldn't commit to like any of the order of his first three starters. Uh, the one, the one thing he did say was that. He was carrying um, 12 pitchers. He said eight relievers, but we got him to sort of drill down a little bit. And the reason he mentioned eight relievers is because he has a distinct Game 4 starter, and as we sort of expected, if healthy, it's Rich Hill. So Rich Hill is going to start Game 4 if the if the series goes that far. 
uh, and and um, Dave Roberts said we're confident he can go four innings. So like it's really is like a spring training thing. He went two innings plus a bullpen, three innings plus a bullpen. Now he's going to be ready to sort of go four innings, and they'll figure it out from there. Um, and so if you want like the snark, you could be snarky and say. Well, then that's just like a normal Richfield postseason start. You know, Dave Roberts is going to have a quick hook or whatever. We'll see. As of the rest of the roster, like it's pretty much like we, we talked about this in the roster sort of preview. Uh, it is, it, we since it's going to be 13 position players, Dave Roberts mentioned uh, Gavin Lux specifically was going to be on it. He's starting, you know, he's the starting second baseman. This is not like a news thing. I mean, he's probably, he might not start against the lefties, but. Um, which includes Patrick Corbin in game one, but he's going to be starting against every right-hander and maybe some lefties we'll see. Um, he mentioned Matt Beatty as well. So it's basically the 13 position players we thought. Now the only question is who are the eight relievers? And I would say um, we had a pretty good handle on it. We, you know, we came down at the end to was Hill going to be healthy? Check that box he is. So now it's a matter of like we had Gonsolin in our in our mm-hmm. selection, but now it's like um, I, I don't did Dustin May pitch in any of the games you saw? Yes, he came in in one of the Colorado games. Yeah, so he's been uh, excellent down the stretch. Yeah. Like taking like you know he had the he never pitched in relief before. He famously gave up a grand slam in his first uh, sort of uh, relief outing earlier this year. Uh, to my much to my um, brother's chagrin, they were. I think I believe the text from one of my brothers was Dustin May is a starter. Period, and uh, I had to remind them that hey, this is there's it's August eighteenth. There's still six weeks left in the season. That's why they're doing this now to sort of get him acclimated. He gave up three runs in his next relief outing, and uh, ever since then, lights out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and not only that, it's been like some pretty good leverage spots, like. But like since, uh, so his last eight relief appearances, 10 innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, 14 strikeouts. And he's like been carving people up. So he gave up a double. Uh, so it's four singles and a double. That's all he's given up and a walk. Um, so like he's looked pretty dominant. Uh, I think he pitched his way on. Like uh, Roberts did say tonight, like, so the roster's set. The players know. They just not. They are just not willing to sort of reveal it. They don't have to reveal it till 10 a.m. Uh, on Thursday, which is the, the date of Game One. Uh, I guess so. We do have some um, actual. There, there was some contingent um, like starting times based on uh, who the Dodgers are going to face. I think if they if they had faced the the Nationals, it would have been an hour earlier in Game One. But now, right. say that again. So I th- I thought it was if they would play the brewery, it would have been an hour later. But now that's the Nationals, it is the earlier five p.m. local start. Is that or five oh, right. or seven or whatever? Exactly. It's the yeah, Nationals see, won, Eric. <laughs> right. See, I it, I just confused myself because it, as I'm driving home, I'm think I was thinking about the schedule. Right. Because the, okay, Brewers, the Brewers looked good. The, the Brewers the Nationals won the three nothing. It was three one in the eighth as I'm driving home, and then like. There was a controversial like hit by pitch that could have been a foul ball, um, and and then it, like a hater just sort of imploded, and then the, an error. You like I feel bad for the Brewers because like they lost Christian Yelich on September 10th, right? And they went 14 and two without him to clinch a playoff spot, 
they actually had a chance to win the division in the last week of the season, but, but they got swept by the Rockies of all teams. <laughs> but even with that sweep, uh, 20 and seven in September, which is ridiculous. Um, 14 and five without Yelich, even though, cause they lost those last three, but just what a brutal gut punch way to lose. But I was going to say, but Trent Grisham in right field, he's been hitting well. He's a rookie. He's been the guy who's gotten the most playing time with Yelich down, but he had the sort of the error that allowed the winning run to score in that uh, it was a Juan Soto, like two run single. It became a, a three run play because of that. Cause it was bases loaded. Uh, so that's a gut punch. They lost their last two games uh, by a walk-off in Colorado, and then they lose in the last at-bat in the eighth inning tonight. So that is a for, – for as hot as they were, it, was, it's a, it just shows you, like, how crazy the postseason is. It could turn on a dime and gut punch, uh, and they're done. So rough for them. But, yeah, so getting back to this um, game time, Dodgers are, in fact, playing the Nationals, <laughs> even though I'm trying to convince myself otherwise. Um, Thursday's game one, uh, 5.37 Pacific time. Uh, game two is uh, 6.37 Pacific time. I always like this. The, if So had the Brewers won, game two was going to be 10 minutes later. So <laughs> I, I have no idea why. Like, uh, it's in the same stadium. Like, uh Ah, it's very odd. I don't. MLB is fun. Get, get there fun early summer. for your Cody Bellinger bobblehead day on game on thir- one on Thursday. Yeah, that's weird, and, right? Uh, and, and well, I think um, well, I think part of it is like we see this thirty-seven start on a right. Thursday. <laughs> well, we we've seen this like, um, and I th- the Dodgers will probably uh, maybe some late push. I don't know what the ticket sold situation is, but. Um, We've seen that, like you saw that with the Braves, like they when they went to, you know, 14th straight asterisk uh, division titles uh, because ni- the, as if 1994 doesn't exist, but we'll give them that one for a second. But they went to all those playoff years, and some of those years, like they weren't selling out the early rounds because, like, they were their fans were just like, yeah, we get it, you, you went to the playoffs, <laughs> like, cool, let's let's wait and see what's happening. Not that I don't think the Dodgers are fans are disinterested, but I think um, especially being on a Thursday, we'll see. At five, but, uh, like that's just such a tough, <laughs> tough time but, uh, to get to. And well, it's weird too because Thursday's NL only, so there's only. Um, I mean, that's kind of the the story though of the postseason. Or like your most of your night games is are, you know, e- think of it as East Coast prime time. So like all the World Series games are basically going to be around five. So like, um, um, it's going to be weird. I, I know they start later on Friday because there's four games and. But I think most of the sort of quote-unquote night games will be in that five to six range. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see. But I think part of that was like this was sort of to ensure that people would buy tickets like to the NLDS opener. But it's going to be weird too uh, because it was neat. uh, um, They have two different bobbleheads. One is Cody Bellinger in a home uniform. One's in a road uniform. I think they're the same design otherwise. But like so depending on where you are and like what box you get, like – you could have a different bobblehead. So I think there's a potential of people like, oh, we got to get two tickets to make sure we get like both bobbleheads <laughs> or something. So, so maybe there, maybe there's something something to that. Well, you and I are going to look at the Nationals, not the Brewers, Eric, ahead. Make sure you get the right notes. Wait, are, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure they're not playing Milwaukee? Okay. See how they sort of line up against the Dodgers and then preview a little bit of how the Dodgers are going to look uh, going ahead after this. So it's been apparent that the Nationals were going to be one of the wild card teams almost certainly for a while. And doing so, a lot of the chatter was, oh, geez, I hope the Dodgers 
that's who I don't want the Dodgers to face of, of any of the, the wild card teams because of the three-headed monster of their starting pitcher, uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Uh, that's what's going to happen. That's what the Dodgers are going to get. Both uh, Scherzer and Strasburg pitched in game one, uh, excuse me, in the wildcard game, as you mentioned. So, uh, one, how how potent is – we know they're good, but how good are they, Eric? I think you can, are going to be able to put some context there. And how do you think games two, three, and four, if necessary, are going to shape up in terms of starting yeah. pitchers? So um, there's a couple things here, like – so the national this does have a lot of like 2017 Diamondbacks all, kind of written all over it. There, there's a few key differences. And I'll get to it, but the Nationals this year were terrible. Like when they started, they were 19 and 31, and it it was kind of funny because like it seems like forever. Like, and I don't blame it. The, you know, the team social media crew. Like, you're just trying to get like your own fans like riled up and stuff. But they've done they they had a lot of variants of this tweet of like. Nationals best best in baseball since May twenty fourth as if, as if like the season didn't start two months prior to that but, <laughs> but like um, they were just red hot for a long time they faltered a little bit early September but they had built like a pretty good lead and then but the National League we saw was, was like such a war of attrition for those last two spots and then like to the point where like Milwaukee like just seized it like the Cubs um, just absolutely collapsed and then like Joe Madden got fired. Um, uh, or, I'm sorry. He, they agreed <laughs> to, to not. Re- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fired. like, uh, right. And so like, I don't know, like just a weird thing, but so I, so nationals now, um, since May 24th, they're, they're sort of turnaround date. They are 74 and 38. That's excellent. Uh, that is very good. And like before the season, they were probably like one of like the co-favorites in the National League East, I think. Uh, by a lot of projections, so like not a surprise that they they played really well. They're they're they were tied with the Dodgers in that span. Now you could say the Dodgers have basically not been playing for much since like June because they had they haven't really had a so, like, fourth or fifth starter. It feels like half a year, <laughs> right? Right. So like take take this whatever grain of salt you want. Like you can read to it. We mentioned this a lot of times. It really doesn't matter how they play in October. It matters, but. Like the Dodgers, like basically went toe to toe with the Nationals record-wise, <clears throat> without like I don't, they, I'm not going to say without trying, but it was like there's clearly a um, like a level of intensity. Like the Nationals, it was like the Dodgers last year; they were fighting for their playoff lives like the whole time. Like so, uh, the only teams, uh, only team that was better than them were the Astros, which were who were a half game better, seventy four and thirty seven. So like. Nationals are playing in the deep end here and doing really well. And if you want to count the wild card game, they technically have a better record than the Dodgers since that fateful May twenty fourth date. But um, these teams, um, oh yeah, so the two thousand seventeen uh, Diamondbacks vibe. Um, all right, so if you remember back to the two thousand seventeen, the the Dodgers like had such a big lead that la- that year. I think it got to twenty one at some point. I know the Dodgers finished this year at twenty one. But the Dodgers had that historic like 16 out of 17 uh, losses, and I think they lost to the Diamondbacks like seven times, pretty <laughs> late. And so every all the like as if like the the lowest I think the Dodgers lead got was maybe nine, it, something like that. that and like right. so, so they were never truly challenged. Like it got to the point where people were so convinced, like uh, nihilistic sort of Dodgers fans were so convinced that. 
they were going to blow the division, like without considering the fact that even just blowing that lead, that nine game lead or 11 or whenever it was, that would have been historic in its own right. So like even as badly as they played and it's, and then they ended up sweeping the Diamondbacks. But part of the reason they swept the Diamondbacks is because they went balls to the wall all out in the wildcard game, because it's a game you have to win. Um, so they that year, the Grinky did not have it. That was a much higher scoring wildcard game than this one. Um, Grinky in that game went three and two thirds. He only let, he threw 58 pitches. Robbie Ray came in uh, to start the fifth and he went two and a third uh, and he threw 35 pitches. He's there. He was their number two starter. And that year, like uh, owned the Dodgers. I think he had it was something like 53 strikeouts in five starts against them. Just absolutely owned them. Uh, this year, uh, Max Scherzer, five innings, 77 pitches. <clears throat> he gave up three runs early uh, uh, in the first two innings. Uh, Yasmani Grandal with a two-run shot in the first. And then Eric Thames uh, hit a home run um, in the second. And then really didn't give up. He gave up uh, some runners after that, but sort of pitched out of it. Steven Strasburg came in, three innings, 34 pitches. He was scoreless. He looked a lot better. Um so you're basically looking at a situation like the Diamondbacks had a couple years ago where they had to basically – so that with with Grinky going game one, he had to wait till game three uh, – or the wildcard game, he had to wait till game three of the NLDS. Robbie Ray was uh, pitching game two on short rest, and the Dodgers pounded him. Uh, but to start things off in that series, the Dodgers pounded Taiwan Walker – they got him for four runs in the first inning, and the the and then the series really like they didn't really look back after that. Now I will say this: the Nationals are much better equipped to handle this, in that Patrick Corbin is much much better than Taiwan Walker, especially against the um, Dodgers. Right, and oh yeah, and so um, in his career, Patrick Corbin has done really you know pretty well against the Dodgers. Like he faced them so much that he was with the Diamondbacks for so long. Three thirty six career RA, nineteen starts, twenty one total games. Really good. However, the Dodgers are still, or he has a five and nine record in those games. So, uh, or some runs, Arizona doesn't or not. Yeah, didn't get a lot of run support. <laughs> now, however, so the last two years though, five starts against the Dodgers, two total runs allowed. It's pretty good. Uh, Thirty nine strikeouts in thirty and a third innings. So, doing really well. And somehow he was still only two and zero oh in those games. Uh, I didn't look up exactly what happened in the other three, like that he got no decisions in. But the fact that he didn't have more wins with that stingy of a um, performance, like man, what a what a brutal like run of luck for him. But like I said, that he's like much better equipped, very good. Um, so he'll be a formidable opponent. We don't know yet who he's facing in Game One for the Dodgers. Um, the interesting thing about that. Final week. So the Dodgers, they won their last seven games. Um, they swept the road trip in San Diego and San Francisco, and they only allowed nine runs in those six games. They didn't even allow a home run on the trip. So it was a dominant pitching road trip. Uh, now, the order for the rotation uh, in the last couple weeks of the season was um, Kershaw, uh, Bueller, then Ryu. Now, a lot of this was... Um, Ryu finished very strong. Uh, seven innings in each of his last three starts, but part of that was because he was he looked gassed before that, and he had a four start stretch where he was terrible. They skipped one of his starts, so that first like seven inning start back, he was on nine days rest. 
Then he pitched another seven innings on seven days rest. The game we saw, he actually gave up three runs in that game, but the Dodgers offense was pouring it on. And um, and then in that last game against San Francisco, he was on five days rest. So uh, Ryu looking very sharp. Now, I, and then the, the other wild card here is that Kershaw pitched in relief on Sunday. Um, he had pitched, mm. he, he started Thursday, went six innings. Um, he's pitched in relief uh, a lot. It was his first regular season relief appearance uh, since 09 but he's pitched in the playoffs a number of times in relief uh, in recent years. So part of it was that uh, part of it was getting ready for that. Part of it was like Dave Roberts. I think he said today that uh, Kershaw requested uh, to that to sort of get him. Uh, uh, I guess I remember how they termed it. I think it was an aggressive bullpen, essentially <laughs> like a bullpen session, a side session with stakes. Um, now this is only, I mean, probably basing it a little too much of this. After the game, Kershaw told David Bassey that, uh, you know, it, he said something like, it's a good reset, it, it like, uh, to start my five-day clock. Or I forgot, he didn't exactly say that, but he mentioned, like, five days. So uh, in in my head, I'm thinking he, start, he did that Sunday to get ready for Friday start, which is game two. Now, that then it becomes a question of, who starts game one, who starts game three. We've talked about this a lot over the course of the season. On, on pure talent, pure stuff, Walker Bueller's like clearly the Dodgers' best pitcher. So wouldn't be out of the question for them to start him in game one. If you reward the season that Ryu had, he led the league in ERA. I think Jacob deGrom's going to probably win the Cy Young. He has some of the peripherals, advantages over Ryu, more innings, more strikeouts, uh, etc. Um but given his strong start, like you could reward Ryu with the game one start and go Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller. Um, we talked about Bueller being the most volatile of the three, in that he has the most like uh, I guess bad games, but he has also the most uh, dominating as well. So like it's there's a give or take there. Now the the rest factor is if they want to keep sort of Ryu on this um, long rest period. Uh, if he starts game one, he would start game five on five days rest. on five days rest. Yeah, so that's extra rest. It's fine. So it's not out of the question that it's going to be. It could be Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller. But if they want to full on like make sure he's completely rested, you could go Bueller, Kershaw, Ryu, and then if Ryu's your game three guy, he wouldn't pitch again in the series. So uh, and then depending on how the series shakes out, he could either be ready to go like in game one of the NLCS, should they advance? Um, or you can, depending on who else is available, you could push him back to a game two and you sort of keep kicking the can down and giving him more like a more of these like six and seven day rest starts. If you can, you can always, you know, the postseason will dictate what you could do. But I think that's a possibility. But like, so I would just say this in my weekend review, I always put like the upcoming schedule. And some, a lot of times the pitch marcation is just a guess, especially uh, sometimes this year with the Dodgers where they've been kind of uh, in flux, I'll say. Uh, and But the way I put it in the weekend review, I think it's going to be Ryu, Kershaw, then Bueller. However, it wouldn't surprise me if Bueller's the game one starter. So, mm-hmm. like, we'll find out. Like, you might, uh, I don't, they're not going to probably announce anything until uh, Thursday morning. And this this podcast should be out before that. So, 
Um, <laughs> this could be all moot by then, but there's, you know, there's some basic, like, that's, I think that's sort of the equation right now. Looping back to the national starting pitching, Corbin's going game one. He's really good against the Dodgers. Sort of established that. Do you think that the Nationals are going to kind of copy that Diamondbacks formula you mentioned, where in this case, Strasburg, who came on in relief, goes game two and then Scherzer goes game three? I think so. One, because Strasburg was awesome. Like, uh, he mm-hmm. pitched three innings. Uh, I think he gave up a hit and 34 pitches. So, like, I, I think that's doable to go on what would technically be short rest, but, you know. I think that's that's something they could definitely do. Like it, the the Nationals, in a way, are a more extreme example of the Dodgers in that their pitching is very consolidated in their top three guys, um, their starters basically. Uh, if you look at relief, their the Nationals were 29th in relief ERA. I think five, the Dodgers bullpen is bad. <laughs> yeah, five sixty eight, and then you know the Dodgers ended up fifth in um, in relief ERA. What a weird year! Um, no like so, like I think well, it's it's it really like shows you what the Nationals sort of had to do in this like winner take all thing, um, you know, to sort of get by. So I'm looking at um, I just wanted to double check because you know ERA is one thing, and I don't know. I just wanted to check FIP here, and the Nationals there are 26th in the in the majors at 494. The Dodgers are six at four oh six. So bullpens are bad. Like they're just bad. <laughs> like like the 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 best bullpen FIP is there's th- is three ninety two by the Twins. Uh, there's three teams that have a sub four FIP in their bullpen, and so like it's just bad. They're all bad. Um, <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think I would imagine it's still going to be like Strasburg two, Scherzer three. They haven't announced anything yet outside of Corbin in game one, so we don't really know. I will say this about Scherzer. Uh, he missed about four weeks. He started once after the All-Star break. He missed it a little bit around there, too. Uh, came back for one start, then missed about four weeks. His first 20 starts of the year, 241 ERA, 10 home runs allowed. Only a 341 slugging against. His last seven starts, and I'm not even including the wild card game, uh, 474 ERA, 473 slugging, and eight home runs. So almost as many home runs in about a third of the starts. And he actually, if you count the two tonight, that's 10 home runs in eight starts after 10 home runs in his first 20 starts. So a bit of a different pitcher. Uh, not sure what the story is there. So while still very, very good, um, like maybe hittable, more hittable than a normal sort of Max Scherzer might be. Uh, so that's something to look forward to uh, or look look to and just to see sort of a difference maker. Um, if you look at offense uh, between the two teams, the Dodgers are fourth in WRC plus at 111. That's the best in the National League. The Nats are actually pretty good. They're eighth at 103, and that's the third best in the National League. So pretty good offenses. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be like teams that rely heavily on their starters but with the Nationals, they don't have – or their their relievers have not pitched very well. Um, so it's in, in, in much worse shape than the Dodgers are in that case. We're going to talk a little bit about how the teams have matched up so far this year and kind of sum up where we think Dustin May fits into this rotation. And then the final five questions from Craig of the pre-playoff edition, at least, after this. 
you, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about the the offenses, and then you and I talked a little bit while we were on commercial break. We don't we don't have a lot there. Both pretty good offenses. Dodgers probably a little deeper, uh, probably a little bit better. Dodgers definitely one of the best uh, offenses in baseball this year. So. I um I think you you had mentioned before um I guess and we'll we'll kind of you know what let's let's talk into that let's talk about Dustin May and uh, this this plays into the Nationals offense they don't have a lot of lefties and so right. and so we were wondering uh, do they not bring in left-handed spe- specialist Caleric on the roster to fit May in now I don't think so but I think that's certainly a possibility yeah that's in play like you you just figure like their main lefties are Juan Soto and Adam Eaton. Uh, Gerardo Parra has played a lot, but he's um, he's slumped mightily like the last two months. I know he had the baby shark thing, and everyone loves him there, but really not that good of a hitter. Um, so you really that concerned about bringing a lefty in to face him? Maybe they also have Matt Adams, but like hmm. <laughs> unless, unless Kershaw comes in to hang a curveball to him or something, that <laughs> I don't think I don't know if you have to worry about it. He has not had a good year. Um, so yeah, that's a possibility. Now, the other thing is like, it could just be a direct rookie on rookie battle of, mm-hmm. uh, like Rich Hill being like healthy ish, um, eliminates or at least lessens the need of another long guy. Um, so maybe it's, it's May taking Gonsolin's spot. Um, cause Gonsolin was going to be like the two to three inning relief guy. Ross Stripling is also that guy. I would say the way Don or oh wow Don Mattingly, uh, the way Dave Roberts says I'm I'm off tonight, man. This is weird. Um, the way Dave Roberts has talked about Ross Stripling, I think multiple times in the last couple weeks he's mentioned Ross Stripling as a being on the playoff roster, like in a definitive sense. He hasn't talked that way about Gonsolin. Um, so I think it's more likely that May would take Gonsolin's spot over Stripling. That's sort of where I'm thinking. And so we, during the sort of um, Q&A today where Roberts didn't give up a lot of information, he did say Lux was going to be on. We, we talked about this. He mentioned like Adam Kolarik, like just in passing, not, not in terms of like it wasn't like who's going to be on the roster, but it just in talking about uh, different roles and stuff, and he said, "Yeah, he's our lefty specialist." So I think in that he—that's what he is. Like they want that safety blanket, and he's going to be there. So I, even though the Nationals might not have a ton of lefties, like I think Cleric is still on. So I think it really is down to May taking Gonsolin's spot uh, or Stripling, because it's one of those things. Like you could, they could say all they want, but until they submit the final roster, like it doesn't really matter. So, but I, I think it'll be May over Gonsolin is how I would sort of characterize it at this point. Okay. So moving back to the national series, sorry, figured that was a good time to kind of get yeah, that perfect. out of the way. Uh, Dodgers won the s- season series against the nationals four to three, kind of some, some close games there. Patrick Corbin uh, played a role in one of them for sure. Um, I know, you have some... <laughs> I, I know you have some notes for us on uh, on the season series and how it looked and how it might uh, spell what the playoffs will look like. Okay, so they, the two teams split in May uh, at Dodger Stadium, and this was when the Nationals were terrible. So, like, that was a bad split by the Dodgers in that thing. Um, uh, Ryu won a game in that series. Um, Kershaw did not pitch. Uh, Kershaw, uh, the Dodgers won two of three in, uh, just after the All-Star break in D.C. 
Uh, Kershaw won a game in that. Uh, Ryu won a game uh, in that series as well. Um, so they're, uh, you know, Ryu was 2-0 and against them. Now, Bueller lost one of the games in L.A., and he lost one of the games in D.C. Uh, if you look at it, like, both teams can sort of say, look, our our big three starters did okay. Like, the Dodgers' big three were uh, – I'm not – I was just – I only quickly looked this up. I'm not uh, attributing the loss to any pitcher. I'm just, like, looking at who started what game. But both Bueller starts, the Dodgers lost. Uh, but the Dodgers were three and zero in the Ryu Kershaw start, so three and two from the big three. Whereas the Nationals were um, uh, also uh, no, they were um, three and one in the in their starts by their big three. Strasburg beat Bueller in D.C. Scherzer beat Bueller in L.A. Uh, Strasburg lost to Ryu in L.A. and Corbin won, but that was against uh, Rich Hill. So. The only like big three on big three matchups were uh, there were three of them: um, uh, Scherzer uh, over Bueller in L.A., Ryu over Strasburg in L.A., and then Strasburg over Bueller in D.C. So the others were, as it happens a lot in the regular season, you don't always match up like like uh, number one versus number one stuff like that. So uh, that's how it sort of shakes out. But yeah, so a lot of mixing and matching, but. I think both sides can say our pitchers did okay. Bueller had the two losses. And now I will say this. I don't think that's that's a reason that Bueller would start game three. In fact, Dave Roberts said, because we talked to him before the Brewers were leading that wildcard game as we were talking to Dave Roberts, and he said the roster was already set and it didn't matter who won the wildcard game. So, like, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, man, Bueller lost twice to the Nationals. We really have to avoid him. I don't. I think they're very confident in Walker Bueller at this point. So I don't think that matters a ton, but uh, that's just sort of where we're at. So yeah, Dodgers won the season series four to three, um, and yeah, so they'll get the first two games at home Thursday, Friday. We don't have any um, start times for the other games yet. I would imagine those will come out in the later in the week, but that's sort of how it goes in this uh, early going. And before we get to five questions from Craig, I know you wanted to talk about the shift. Oh yeah, specifically so- how the Dodgers and Nationals use it drastically differently. So Inside Edge tweeted out something the other day, or I think CJ Nitkowski shared it. They're like a scouting service that um, has a bunch of cool stats a lot. And they tracked the shifts by eyeball. So it wasn't like a stat cast thing, but um, you know, they actually have people um, at the games and like chronicling things like, you know, if someone used four outfielders or if they moved in um, infielders over to one side. Um <laughs> Let's look at this. So the Dodgers use the most shifts in baseball. The the Nationals use the least amount of shifts in baseball. So you have an interesting sort of dichotomy there. Now, I was I don't I guess I didn't have a, an idea of what the the actual numbers were. How many shifts do you think the Dodgers use the entire season? 162 games. Uh-huh. So just give me a number of how many shifts they uh, use. You're going to make me do math. Okay, so mm-hmm. 162 games, and how many times do I think the Dodgers shifted yeah. a game? Um, I am going to guess <laughs> probably incorrectly. Man, what a, I'm going to guess they did it like 10 times this game, so 1,600. That's a good like guess, right? Like that's a logical guess. <laughs> <laughs> However, they did almost double that. <laughs> they 
They shifted 3,083 times. The only other team that went over 3,000 were the Orioles, and clearly they, they were good. <laughs> um, so uh, now the Nationals shifted 1,018 times. So the Dodgers shifted three times as often as the Nationals. If you look at the Dodgers, did it 19 times a game. That's like if uh, it's kind of crazy. In fact, I'm just going to look really quickly. Um, Dodgers pitchers, they they only face like a certain amount. I think that's over half their plate appearances. Yeah, they faced 5,913 batters. So at uh, slightly over half of their batters face, they shifted. And like if you look at some of the other thing, I think um, uh, Fielding Bible or maybe it's Sports Info Solutions who puts out like the defensive runs saved. Uh, the Dodgers led the, uh, the team category in that this year. They really do use shifts to their advantage. So another thing in, the, in this inside edge, um, the, the Dodgers actually, um, they prevented 149 hits. They also gave away 99 hits, like hits that go through a vacated spot. So they, their net was, a, uh, was 50 hits that they took away over the course of a season. The net is what they took away. That's tied for fourth most. The Nationals, um, they only prevented 42 hits. They gave away 34 hits by the shift. So even in all that, like, so their net was eight um, hits saved. So kind of negligible. So it's going to be interesting. Like, that's that's a huge, like, almost philosophical shift. Um, shift, I, I can't believe I uh, used that word. Uh, uh, but, but uh, yeah, so, like, it's they just have different mindsets. I, I would, I mean, it'd be interesting to sort of talk to the two teams about that. Like why the nationals don't shift as much. Cause I think that's how the game is clearly trending, but like, you know, I think a lot of it is like, um, we saw this with Kershaw a little bit over the years where he's pretty stubborn and he doesn't like the, all the nonsense behind him, or he just wants to sort of be like have a normal view or, um, sort of messes with his concentration I don't know if this is the case with the Nationals, but I could totally see uh, Scherzer, especially, you know, being like, "What the hell are you doing back there?" You know, like, <laughs> like don't you know, stop shifting. And then, you know, someone like Strasburg and Corbin, good enough to be like, "Hey, maybe don't shift as much because it messes my concentration up or something." Um, interested to find out about this. I hope to during the series, um, but that's interesting to me. So that's that's sort of the uh, uh, one of the the biggest differences I think between the two teams. And real, real quick before we get get to the questions from Craig, uh, how do you think the series is going to go? I want a prediction from you, Eric. <laughs> prediction? <laughs> Pain. Um, <laughs> so I think – so I, I would have picked the Dodgers over the Nationals anyway. Even if, like, everything worked out beautifully and, like, Strasburg was on – didn't have to pitch in the wild card game and he was going to be game one and then Corbin game two or whatever – um, but I think that just gives an extra bump to the Dodgers that he he had to be used tonight. So I think I think they'll just they're going to win in four games. I think we'll get a chance to see Rich Hill on the mound in the series, and he'll be on the mound not to close it out because he he probably won't even get the win because he probably won't go five. But I think the Dodgers close it out in Game Four on the road. Get the brooms out. Well, oh, there you go for for the Dodgers. Oh, okay. I don't know we're yeah, back. Yeah. We're uh, back recording what would be game four. I told you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I was going to say you could, 
you could have you could have had doubled your chances of like gloating <laughs> at that point. But I told you that it was going to be a sweep. What the did Dodgers you lost, but, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So. All right, five questions. Oh, I we have the ditty. I'd go do the ditty. So it's time for questions from Craig. The last regular season questions. Um, I guess we should bring this up now. You and I were recording shorter episodes more frequently throughout the time that the Dodgers are in the playoffs. Exact schedule, we don't know. Um, probably recording on the off days, and then our editor will get them up as soon as possible, um, and we'll kind of wean it from there. I don't know if we'll get questions from Craig. Um, maybe in between series, we'll have to see. But for now, here are the five final regular season questions. And First we one, just, we're, we're, yeah. I'm sorry, quick before you answer, before you ask number one, I will say, I will do my best to know who the Dodgers are playing. <laughs> and who their manager is. Brady Little, Eric. Come on. That's right. Exactly. First one's a two-parter. There are currently six, six manager positions to be filled this offseason. Not the Dodgers nor the nor the Marlins are, are on that list. Which team will make their hire first? Uh, Pittsburgh, the Cubs, San Diego, San Francisco, the Angels, or the Royals? Or will it be another team altogether, like the Mets or the Phillies? And mm. of the managers who just got let go, will any of them take these now open slots? So a lot of the speculation right now is that Joe Madden is going to end up with the Angels because um, he was the bench coach there for a long time or, or on the coaching staff and has a history there. Um, the, it's weird because the Angels, they have a like – a good amount of talent. They're really short on it, pitching. It should be like this attractive position, right? You have the yeah. best player in baseball. You have Sh- uh, Shohei Otani. You, uh, it's Southern California. It should be this kind of attractive position, but and, and he has a history there. And so, yeah. the, so the the things that sort of put it in that category for me is that the other sort of rumor that people like to mention is that uh, he'll go to the Padres, Joe Madden, and but I. I have I look. They paid three hundred million for Manny Machado. I'm not saying they're cheap. Uh, they paid one hundred forty-four million for um, Eric Cosmer. They're, they even signed Will Myers to an eighty million dollar contract. So they're not cheap, but they <laughs> like Joe Madden was. I think he was making five or six million a year. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a big money manager. I don't know. Like they're they have to pay Andy Green for two more years. Uh, that's what he had on his contract. He got an extension before Dave Roberts did because, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the only thing is, like, uh, the Padres chairman the other day was, like, basically saying, like, this season sucked. Like, we were terrible. Like, <laughs> And so I think he's – it's one of those, like, I don't know if this is, like, hey, A.J. Priller, you have to actually win now instead of, hey, look at this. We have a great young future. Um, so I don't know if that pressures them to do more. Um, but I, I always in my head, I have a hard time like seeing San Diego sort of making that move. It's a better fit baseball wise. It would be great. I think if he went there, uh, I don't, it's hard to say, uh, because are they really going to be like juggernauts like yet? They, they have good young pitching, but they still need that. They, for them to contend next year, they need to add, they would need to like either one of the teams, Joe Madden joins like needs their team to sign Garrett Cole. Like, <laughs> like if it's the Padres or if it's the angels, like that's, that's what he needs more than anything. But I think Joe Madden goes somewhere. I think it'll be the angels. Because I think Artie Moreno is more likely to pay Joe Madden. And also the Brad Osmus 
firing seemed like a like a last minute or like not last minute but like a very like oh all of a sudden like yeah we need to get rid of brad osmus after just one year he has two years left on his contract i don't think they make that move unless they have something they're already in the hopper um, whether it's Madden or something else, or they have a good idea of what they want to do. Uh, it seemed like, cause that's how sort of Madden got the job in Chicago. Uh, um, Renteria was the manager there, Rick Renteria. And he had some, a little bit left on his contract, but they like fired him too. because Hey, Joe Madden's available all of a sudden. So that's what kind of happens sometimes. So I think the timing of that makes it, makes Madden more likely to go to Anaheim, but I think it's it's he'll be in Southern California one way or the other, one of those two teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I will say the Angels act first and Madden acts first, too. The Cubs act first, getting Joe Girardi. I could see that. But it's you got to remember, too, like there's like there there's going to be off days in the playoffs. But for the most part, Craig there might not be a ton this of news. In his original like, question, like it, uh, knowing this probably isn't going to happen until after the World Series. Maybe a leak happens, but sure. probably no official announcements till the World Series is done. Will Cody Bellinger win a gold glove as an outfielder this season? Yes. Yes. Also, will Corey Seager be a finalist for the Player's Choice Comeback Player of the Year? That has a lot of words in the Man. National League. I mean, I guess, yes. I mean, I, I haven't, honestly, I haven't looked at it. But Comeback of the Year is always weird. Like, yeah. he, he fits the the profile more than most in that he's actually coming back from an injury. Two I surgeries, always, I, yeah. It seems like. I don't like it. He, oh. oh, so yeah, Corey Seager, he ended up, uh, he doubled on the last day. Uh, so he ended with 44 doubles, uh, tied with Anthony Rendon for the most in the National League. He's the second L.A. Dodger to lead the league in doubles. Uh, Wes Parker did it in 1970. Um, I will say, like, I don't like it when players win the Comeback Player of the Year award after just being better from sucking. Like, that, <laughs> that that's like the worst Comeback Player of the Year. It's like... Oh man, what he came back from such adversity from being terrible. Like that's not that's not a comeback to me. A comeback is like actually overcoming something. Like uh I think like in the I guess like someone like in the American League, Carlos Carrasco, um, who overcame leukemia to finally pitch near the end of the season. I don't think he did enough on the field to do it, but just that story, the fact that he came back in season, that's cool as hell. So like Someone like that, maybe that makes him the comeback player next year or something. I don't know, but that's the kind of like comeback story you rally around, that kind of a thing. So, I think Seager fits the bill perfectly. I haven't looked at this at all, but I will say since they named three finalists, sure. Why not? The who gets the first DS pinch hit by a Dodger? One of us gets David Freeze, and the other gets the field. The rest of the team. Okay, so the the wild card here is that um, mm-hmm. Patrick Corbin going game. Well, one. about to say David Freeze will be starting game. Yeah, one, so. I, I would I would bet money he's starting at first, and Gavin Lux is not starting, and Max Muncy's at second. Um, so well, that also means at some point either like Jock Peterson or Gavin Lux is going to pinch hit for David Freeze. Um, I th- man. How are we going to do this? Uh, I will say... Hmm. I have dibs. Uh, I'm going to go with Jock. Okay. I I was going to go with Matt Beattie. 
Yeah. Okay. I think that's going to be his role. He's not going to really start. So yeah. he's going to basically get a pinch hit every game, <laughs> you know, yeah. most games. He's, so. uh, he seems to me to be the guy that ex- exactly what you said. He is our pinch hitter who we don't feel is going to come into the game afterwards. Whereas I feel like maybe David Freeze hits that role, depending on how they think the bullpen, uh, the Nationals are going to be using their bullpen. But I think a lot of the guys on the bench are going to be in there to kind of replace uh, platoons. So I'm I'm not feeling good about my pick only because it has to happen in game one because it's all right-handed starters yep. after that until <laughs> I, until like game five I guess. Peterson yeah. is like, oh man, this is going to be tough. Yeah, this season three Dodger pitchers: Walker Bueller, Hyunjin Ryu, and Russell Martin homered oh. in a game. Classic. All right. The most in LA Dodger history is five pitchers in a season. So the trivia question for you, Eric, is name those five. I will give you the year. It was two thousand and two. Okay, so now I want to uh, let you know that I did this myself. I guessed two names. I got both right, and I'm upset at myself because I wussed out. Had I guessed for three, maybe even four, the t- first two names I think I would have gone with also on this list. So. Uh, I can't remember when exactly Darren Dreifert crapped out, but I'm not going to guess him yet. Uh, I will go weirdly. My first rando guess is Odalis Perez. I don't even know if he homered. He is on the list. Okay. Um, So uh, they didn't even, they still had Kevin Brown. Uh, They didn't do the Jeff Weaver trade yet. Mm -hmm. Um, they had – did they have Nomo in 2002 or did they get him? Oh, he, he sucked as a hitter, so no. Um, wow. I'm talking myself in and out of everything. Uh, on this. Uh, okay. So I, I'm just – I don't remember exactly when Darren Drafford's last year is, but I have to guess him if he's available. Okay. So I, he, I'll guess him. Nope. Damn it. Uh, so this is very – so – the, on the Darren Driver, he was my wrong guess. He, I guessed oh. three names, and he was the one that I, I did guess and was wrong about. Um, so the only can... other... Oh, okay. Okay, so 2002, yeah. that was Gagne's first year as relief, um, so he wasn't starting. Um, not that he was a home run hitter. I just was thinking <laughs> randomly. Um, this is fun. Um <laughs> Let's say um, I'm just gonna say Kevin Brown since he probably started a. Ton. He was my first guess, and he hit a home run. Nice. Who were the other three then? Because I have okay. no idea. So I was laughing a lot when you were talking about Nomo because your train of thought was my exact train of thought. Why I did not guess him. I'm like, yeah. was he still on the team? Yeah, maybe he was. No, he was a really bad hitter. No way. So I pulled back that guess, but he was one of the home run hitters. Wow. Um, Omar Dahl hit a home run oh god that's perfect and okay. then i was really proud of this guess for being for one me guessing it and two it being correct andy ashby wow all right <laughs> you yeah you, you get all the kudos for that one right. i hope i hope matt Beatty gets the first pinch hit now <laughs> thanks buddy yep the next full podcast episode will be at or just after halloween probably between playoff series you and i now and then do uh, a full episode but they might be shorter still because we'll be we'll be going rapid fire so for in honor of Halloween, Craig has a candy question for us. Which of these would you choose first? Jolly Rancher, Lifesavers, or Dum Dums? <laughs> to eat? Uh, or to, to... <laughs> what else are you? Uh, I don't want to know. Um, okay, it has to be it's Jolly Rancher. I th- like me. Oh, go ahead. I think I think I agreed. Uh, what's interesting? One, can we just? 
I wonder if you can we lifesavers are bottom tier here, right? Mm. They're pretty bad. Uh, no, I love the Dem- wintergreen I- lifesavers, but the fruit ones off. off well, off. I will say this. So, um, I guess they technically can be bottom tier, although. I have no use for dum dums. I, I oh, I'm not ball. I'm not a de- I'm not a ball detective. I don't <laughs> I don't need a lollipop. Uh, they're delicious. So uh, I mean, they're, they're well, they fine. were delicious. But I was going to say this: like both of these candies, I remember dum dums and Jolly Ranchers, mm. loving as a kid. Outside yeah. of the green apple flavor, which is disgusting. Mm. I kind of like it. You're weird. I, I am weird. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't want either of these. This, they sound so sweet and s- syrupy, and ugh, I'm done. Yes. Now, if so, I think what the real answer is, I, I still think it's Jolly Ranchers, but if I'm being honest, it's probably if you go gummy lifesavers. Oh, sure. That's those are great. Those are like, great. But it's, I mean, you, I don't. I'm not counting yeah. that. And first off, you give away wintergreen lifesavers as a trick or treat. <laughs> your your house should be egg. Which is <laughs> really, I remember loving the wintergreen ones as a kid. So I well, was like, I love them now. I, I, I'm a mint guy. Like, of course, I'll, I'll like, I'll use them. But uh, yeah, if you can't be given. You might as well give pennies or like a, you know, or or <laughs> the wax crap. lips. Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a terrible candy. Yeah. Ah, God. Whenever we we'll do, maybe Craig will just send us five Halloween candy questions, just huh. different yeah. tiers. We could riff on which have, have you tried the Reese's uh, peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces inside? I, I I haven't tried it yet. It looks good. Is it good? We might, it's it's a lot. Um, we <laughs> might have to we might have to do an on air taste test uh, to do it. So we'll see. I don't want to infringe on the Doughboys podcast. So well, that's 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 our look. We'll be back. Between games two and three, somehow, some way, it'll probably be a quick episode, but we'll talk about two Dodger victories and we'll argue on whether they'll win game three or four. Right, exactly. Well, I already predicted in four, so I'm sticking with that no matter okay, what. Fair. Even if the Dodgers are down 0-2, I still think they're <laughs> going to win the series four. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you uh, in a few days. Thanks for listening.